Hello, and welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Haley Barton, and this week we are really pleased to share with you a bonus episode. It is a portion of a live event that we did last week that includes some reflections on the unique application of Lent for leaders. And so we're offering this today on Ash Wednesday as we all prepare to enter into this sacred season of Lent. And so my prayer is, as we offer this today, is that you will have some time today on Ash Wednesday to actually step back and uh, maybe listen to this podcast bonus episode and take some time to discern with God how you and God are going to walk together through this Lenten season with its unique opportunities and invitations um, as a season of spiritual transformation. Our next podcast season begins next week, and we have a wonderful season coming up with Dr. Kurt Thompson, and it's based on his book, The Deepest Place, Suffering and the Formation of Hope. And I believe that there are some really deep connections with the Lenten season having to do with suffering, because we know that the Lenten season is about Jesus' wilderness experience, but then it culminates really in the days where Jesus suffers and is crucified and dies and then is buried. And so um, in this season, we really do reckon with the idea of suffering in our own lives as uh, spiritual leaders and just as individuals seeking to walk with Christ. And we know that in Luke 24, Jesus says that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and then enter into his glory. We know that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And I think Jesus was trying to tell us with his life that suffering is something that all of us will experience on the spiritual journey. And there are unique ways in which suffering actually forms the image of Christ in us. And so in this season, towards the end, we really do walk with Jesus to learn from Jesus how to be like Jesus, even in our suffering. And so looking forward to this season with you, and we invite you to journey with us. Also wanted to let you know that as we enter into the Lenten season next week, uh, we'll be talking with Kurt about different aspects of the formation of hope through our suffering, but then we're going to really emphasize the work of this over on Patreon. And so Kurt has recorded with us some amazing exercises to help us not just listen to ideas about suffering and the formation of hope, but what are the exercises, what are the practices that we can enter into that actually create space for God to form a durable hope within us. So you will not want to miss what we're doing over on Patreon this season. And if you go to our show notes, you can find a link there, or you can go to patreon.com slash transforming center to become a patron and to receive this extra content about the work of allowing God to form a durable hope within us. I also want to mention as we begin this Lenten season that in this season we are not following the lectionary as closely as we usually do. We're actually going to sink and settle into the passage in Romans, Romans 5, 1 through 5, and just unpack that phrase by phrase over the season. But I know that some of you would still like to track with the lectionary, and that is our practice, and also that there are traditional spiritual practices of Lent that we have talked about for many years. And so if you are still longing for that kind of guidance as well to add to this uh, Lenten podcast season, please go to our show notes. We do have some resources there, some links to some resources that we have in our bookstore. So those are available for you if you would like to also have those to add to your Lenten discipline. And so now please enjoy this bonus episode on preparing for Lent, and we are reflecting on how to fashion our own wilderness during this season. May 
I am so pleased today to be on with you, helping us all to get out ahead of this season we call Lent and to prepare ourselves for Lent. And when I say ourselves, I really mean that. I mean us as leaders. How are we going to prepare ourselves for Lent? Now, I know many of us already have plans on the books for leading others in our congregations and ministries into Lent, but our purpose here today is to create some space for you to be a soul in God's presence. That's one of the main things we do in the Transforming Center is to create space for leaders to be a soul in God's presence. And what I mean by that is uh, to create space for you to feel your own longings for this season of Lent, your own desires, your own questions about what this season might be for you, and to actually make some plans for what God is inviting you to during Lent. Not just what God is inviting you to lead others in, but what is God inviting you into in the season of Lent as a soul in God's presence? Now, those of you who know us here in the Transforming Center know that we believe that the seasons of the church year are seasons of transformation, that these are set-apart times to ground ourselves in specific aspects of the life of Christ so that we can walk with Jesus, to learn from Jesus, how to be like Jesus. We also believe that these seasons are times of particular emphasis on spiritual themes and spiritual practices that are foundational to the transformational journey. So for us, marking the seasons of the church year and walking with Christ in them is actually one of the most defining spiritual practices that we embrace. And we have embraced this practice of walking in the seasons of the church year in very concrete ways from our very beginnings. And so I'd like to give us just a moment right now uh, just to be quiet, because I know many of us are on a lunch hour. We're coming from very busy mornings, and we probably have a sense of a lot to do in the afternoon. But could we just take a moment to breathe um, to begin to turn our hearts towards this season that we call Lent that's so precious within the church year leading up into Holy Week and the resurrection? And uh, take a moment just to be with your own soul in God's presence. Maybe take a couple breaths. You know that we really love the practice of breathing around here. Not only does it keep us alive, but it also helps us to regulate our emotions and our bodies and to calm ourselves in God's presence. And one of the prayers that we love to pray is a prayer that contains the phrase, gather me now to be with you. Oh Lord, gather me now to be with you as you are with me and calm my anxieties um, calm my breathlessness, my compulsiveness, ease my performance-oriented drivenness, help me to set aside my to-do list and the next meeting that's coming. But gather me now, gather us now in this far-flung community to be with you in your presence as you are already there waiting for us. Amen. Well, we may not often think about Lent in this way, but I believe that Lent has a special applicability to us as leaders, precisely because it derives its structure and its themes from Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness, and it was immediately following God's public affirmation of him and his identity, and it was right before he began his ministry here on earth. And Lent, which begins with Ash Wednesday, is really structured around what happened for Jesus in the wilderness. And it had everything to do with his identity and also with his mission. It was a time of preparation for the ministry that God had for him. And what happened there shaped him for his ministry. It helped him to enter in in a very clean 
and purified way. The wilderness experience for Jesus was not punishment, and I want to make that really clear. It was not punishment because God had already told him he was very pleased with him. Um, it was actually preparation. And it was the Holy Spirit who led him into the wilderness, or some translations say drove him into the wilderness to face his demons or the one big demon, uh, Satan himself, and also to face some of the most seductive temptations of life in ministry. So that is why I'm driving a pretty big stake in the ground to say that that the structure of Lent has a lot to do with leadership and ministry, because Jesus in the wilderness faced some of the most seductive temptations of life and ministry. And many of us are familiar with the way that Henry Nouwen writes about those temptations. I'm just going to give you my own take on them really briefly here. In Luke 4, where Jesus is in the wilderness, Satan comes to tempt him, and he tempts him in three different ways. One was the temptation to be relevant, uh, in other words, to give people what they wanted or what they thought they needed the most. Um, it was a temptation to misuse power and control, to use the power that he had, but to use it in frivolous ways or in destructive ways. And then finally, the temptation to be spectacular and to test God and to maybe prove himself to others by defying limits. When when Satan asked him to cast himself off the pinnacle, that he was really asking Jesus to defy uh, human limitations, natural limits, and to prove himself as the Christ in that way. And so these were three huge temptations around ministry. They are temptations we all encounter in ministry and in leadership. And we know that Jesus passed all of these tests. He passed them with flying colors. But the truly ominous phrase in Luke 4 that I think is full of warning for us as leaders is that the devil departed from Jesus until an opportune time. Wow. So in other words, Jesus passed all the tests, but that didn't mean it was over, did it? It meant that there would be other moments when those seductions would be there because Satan was looking for an opportune time. And so this is why, you know, I just am so convinced that Lent has something special to say to leaders because the kinds of temptations that Jesus encountered and that we encountered are not just a one-time deal. The forces of evil are always looking for the opportune moment to tempt us in these ways. Temptations around identity, wrong ways of thinking about ourselves and proving our identity, wrong ways of thinking about our ministry and how it should be carried out. So for Jesus to prove himself on human terms, according to what the people wanted him to be, was always a temptation. People always wanted something from Jesus that wasn't necessarily what God was asking him to bring. They actually really wanted him to be a miracle worker who could meet them uh, in their immediate needs rather than one who would lead them on a deeply transformational journey. We know that they wanted him to be a particular kind of king, even though that wasn't necessarily God's purpose and plan for him. And so we as leaders, I think, need a wilderness experience. We need this Lenten experience at least once a year. This experience where we get really honest with God about our motives, where we ask our questions about identity and ministry and how it is that we're uh, working that out with fear and trembling in our lives. We also as leaders need this Lenten wilderness experience to ask the tough questions like, Am I giving in to the temptation to be relevant, to merely give people what they want and what the culture is demanding rather than what they really need? And of course, we could put that right in the realm of consumerism, that we live in a consumeristic culture. People are always clamoring for what they think they need from us. A second question, is there any way in which I am misusing power and the authority that God 
and perhaps the church or an organization has given me? That's a serious question. And that was the temptation. The second temptation was to misuse power and authority. And I have to think about some of our leaders who have fallen so badly in recent times and to ask the question, what would have happened if they had regularly and routinely been asking the question about misuse of power and authority? Where would we be? So are there any unhealthy ways in which I'm trying to maintain control versus surrendering to God in my leadership specifically? And then any way in which I'm defying normal or natural limits, any way in which I'm trying to be spectacular and superhuman and thus putting God to the test. I think these are some of the questions that the wilderness asks those of us who are leaders, and Lent is structured around Jesus' experience in the wilderness. So that's one strong application of Lent for leaders that I wanted to make today, that following Jesus into the wilderness and allowing ourselves to be tested there in the way that the psalmist talks about it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me or any ineffective way or any willful way or any unloving way in me and lead me in the life-giving way. So that's the first application to leaders that I want to make today. Um, is the wilderness as a place where it's important for us to be regularly um, allowing God to test us in these ways and to test our own motives and to test what's underneath and behind uh, the way that we're doing our ministries and uh, whether or not we really are doing ministry in response to what God has for us versus what our own temptations have uh, for us. But there's another application I want to make, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to make three. I'm going to make two right now and then one after we do the Q&A. One more application I want to make for leaders and draw attention to here is another facet of the desert or the wilderness. That another facet in scripture of the wilderness is that the wilderness or the desert is a place of returning to God. And in the Old Testament in particular, we see it as a place of intimacy with God. Uh, we see it as a place of an exchange of love, and we see it as a place where we, as the bride of Christ, as the loved one, as the child of Christ, uh, where we respond. Joel 2, which is one of the main verses, verses for Ash Wednesday, inviting us into Lent, uh, says, yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And in the Old Testament, the wilderness was a place of returning to that intimate space with God. Hosea 2 says, therefore, I will now allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There she will respond as in the days of her youth. Now, that's that's a very intimate metaphor right there, because God is saying, you used to respond to me differently, you know? Uh, you used to respond when I called out to you, and I'm looking for that same response now. Can you come back to me in this place of intimacy and respond to me like you used to? And so by definition, the wilderness is a place of hiddenness. It's a place of privacy for us and God together. And I know that a leader's life, by definition, is often very public. But I'm thinking that Lent invites us as leaders into more hiddenness into this hidden place of the wilderness that perhaps we don't often allow ourselves in the public nature of our lives. And in fact, some of the disciplines that are associated with Lent found in Matthew 6 are practices that have to do with hiddenness. It talks about the fact that we don't always and we should not always practice our piety before others. That's hiddenness. We don't have to pray publicly in church or on the street corners all the time. 
that's hiddenness. We can go into our closets and pray in a very private place. We don't always have to make public what we are giving and how we are giving it. That's something that can be private, hidden between me and God. In other words, we don't have to give everything away as leaders. We are allowed, and God is actually asking for some private time with him. God is saying, um, I, I appreciate and I love living the public life that you have and that we have together, but I would also like some private time with you that's not quite so public-facing. And so that's another aspect of the wilderness that I want to offer to us as leaders today is this practice of hiddenness, this practice of entering into the wilderness of returning to God with all of our hearts in that private place of the wilderness where very intimate things can take place because it is private. Um, and the practice of hiddenness as a way of prioritizing our intimate relationship with God. I've been pondering this idea of hiddenness, and I realize as I couple it with the idea of the wilderness in the Old Testament, that practicing hiddenness is actually a way of prioritizing our intimate relationship with God, because the most intimate things happen in private. Now, most of you know, and Tina already alluded to this, that during this past year, we've been filming the Digital Capture Project on top of all the other normal ministry and speaking that we do, which means that I have been on more than usual. I've been in front of people and in front of cameras more than I've ever been in my whole entire life. <laughs> and I'm sure that that's part of why I am feeling so drawn to this invitation to hiddenness and, uh, and to finding ways to say yes to God's invitation to me, to privacy and to being just a little bit more hidden so that those things that happen in private can happen between me and God. And I don't know about you today. I don't know how public your life feels to you as a leader, but I'm here to tell you today that God is inviting us to return to him in the privacy of that wilderness place where God is actually wooing us to himself, where God is longing for us to respond to him like we responded to him in our youth, like we responded to him when we first came to know him. And so I wonder what about you today as we're here together and as we're speaking about these unique invitations of Lent uh, into the wilderness where God can maybe ask us some of the tough questions and maybe we've had an inkling that there is something a little off in our ministry life, and there's even, though there's a little bit of trepidation, there's also a sense of, yeah, I do want to talk to God about that. I do want to give God access to my soul. I do want to ask some of these important questions so that I can stay healthy and whole in my ministry. So maybe you have a sense that there are some questions, some things that you and God need to pay attention to. Or maybe you have a sense that you are not responding to God uh, as you did in your youth, as you did when you first came to know him that it's rather dry and uh, the passion is somewhat gone and most of what happens between you and God is happening in public rather than in those beautiful intimate places that happen uh, in a real relationship. And so I'm asking you, what are you wanting with God as you approach this Lenten season? You probably have all sorts of ideas about what you're going to give to others during this season. And I thank God for that. That's part of the pastoral ministry. But I'm also asking you in a more personal way, what do you want from God in this Lenten season? And maybe even more importantly, what do you sense that God is wanting with you? The wilderness. Lent is patterned after Jesus time in the wilderness. It was not punishment. It was preparation. It was preparation for what God had for him in his ministry life. 
And so my encouragement to us as leaders is to say, we're only human, we're not Jesus. And the evil one is still prowling around trying to find an opportune moment and an opportune way to seduce and to tempt us into false motives and false ways of behaving in our lives in ministry. I think that to have an annual experience of entering into the wilderness, um, both to allow God to search us and know us and reveal things to us, but also as an opportunity for rekindling the love relationship that we all knew um, when we first came into ministry and to wonder, um, how can I get that back? How can I enter into the wilderness at God's invitation and rekindle my love and my passion and my intimacy with him? So what are you wanting with God? And what do you sense that God is wanting with you? Remember the verse from Joel, even now says the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Well, I, I promised you that I was going to mention a third aspect of wilderness time. And that third aspect corresponds to our podcast season, and that is the wilderness as being the place where we're suffering. I think many of us suffer, all of us suffer at different times in our lives, and many of us don't want to face that fact in our lives, and so we just try to soldier on. But if we're really honest about suffering in our lives, that is a place that feels like a wilderness. It's a place where we feel alone, we feel maybe dry, we feel it's dark, it's unpredictable, it's barren. We don't know how to open it up to God. And so I think I, I also wanted to name suffering as a wilderness place for us and uh, see the Lenten season as a place where we could walk with Jesus to learn from Jesus how to be like Jesus as it has to do with suffering. Because we know that this season culminates with Jesus' suffering. Uh, in fact, he says in the Emmaus Walk in Luke 24, he says, was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer and then enter into his glory? And then another place that I'm reflecting on is uh, Hebrews 5, where it says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And so we would be remiss if we didn't mention suffering as a significant aspect of the Lenten journey, or actually a culminating aspect of the Lenten journey, and that we can, in this season, walk with Jesus in such a way as to learn how to be with our own suffering and to enter into that wilderness place more consciously with Jesus. That's that's what I want to offer up to us, is that we don't enter into suffering alone, but we enter into our suffering, or we're more present to our suffering as a wilderness place where God wants to meet us and where we're seeking to open up to the way God wants to meet us in the midst of our suffering. And so we're not going to follow all the lectionary readings of Lent this year, but instead we're going to track with Kurt Thompson's new book, uh, The Deepest Place, Suffering and the Formation of Hope. And we know that if there's any season that speaks to us about suffering culminating in life and hope, it is the Lenten season that culminates in Holy Week that culminates in the Holy Weekend, where we do walk with Jesus in his suffering and in his death. We wait with him through Good Friday in the grave, and then we also are raised with him um, in the resurrection. And so uh, one last invitation that I might make for you is that you might get his book, The Deepest Place, Suffering and the Formation of Hope, and um, maybe track a little bit with your own suffering. And he's a psychiatrist, he's an MD, which means that he is integrating a very strong integration between um, his uh, 
expertise in psychiatry and psychology, but then also because he's a deeply spiritual person, he's weaving in the hope that we have in Christ all the way throughout and really giving us a path for our own healing and for finding hope in the midst of our own suffering. And so I think that this subject is just so important for us and so right for us during this Lenten season that we would also be willing to walk with Jesus, to learn from Jesus what there is to learn from suffering and what there is to learn from opening up our, our places of suffering to Jesus. Now, I know that there are some people that look like they don't ever suffer and don't ever have to suffer, but that is just an untruth. Everyone suffers in some way. And for many, the suffering that they are enduring is, is very hidden right now. So that's a hidden place for them. But they do need to find God there. We need to find God there. And so I would like to encourage us also to think a little bit about the places where we suffer and to rather than medicating those places and distracting ourselves from those places, to use the Lenten season as an opportunity to face in to those places of suffering and to meet God there. Um, the Beatitudes are, are clear about the fact that many of us don't receive comfort and perspective because we fail to open these places of grief and sadness and loss and suffering. We, we, we fail to open them up to God in conscious ways. And so um, I have a sense uh, entering into Lent that the practice of being present to my suffering, but not alone, but rather with God, and maybe in the company of others too. So that's another part of the practice I might suggest is that, that we would actually wonder, is there anyone in my life that I could share this place of suffering with who I know could receive it, who I know won't try to fix me, who I know won't try to give me pat answers? but will actually witness, be a witness for my suffering and actually show me love in the midst of my suffering and in that way mediate the presence of Christ. It could be a spiritual director. It could be a therapist. It could be a spiritual friend. It could be a family member. Um, be careful in who you choose. Make sure that it is someone who is not you know, going to slap an easy fix on it for you, but rather is going to leave the space open for Jesus to meet with you in that place. Remember, um, in the Emmaus Road story, Jesus was very, very disciplined in walking with the disciples in their grief and in their trauma. I mean, really, those disciples were traumatized. They had been through something that on any human level would be considered trauma. And he opened and created space for them to just share um, what they were experiencing in their own perspectives. And he didn't rush in to fix them. He didn't rush in with answers. He listened for quite a long time before he came in with anything. And so you want to be careful that you pick people to share with that are disciplined enough not to rush in with their own thoughts and opinions and answers or who are uncomfortable with sorrow and suffering so much so that they have to fix it even for themselves. Uh, choose someone who knows how to do better than that. And um, that could be a part of your practice as well as to say, in this season, I'm going to be brave enough to open up this place of suffering with another human being and see how God meets me in and through that human connection. And um, Kurt is very, very much into the relational connection and how that heals us. So we will be talking about that quite a bit in our in our podcast season. So I know that we've been swimming around in the deep end of the pool <laughs> um, on this webinar today. And I would like to close us with a poem. You know that I just love my poetry. And this is not my poem. It's a woman named Ruth Burgess. It's about the desert. But I'd like to invite you to close your eyes, maybe sit back a little bit in your chair get your body into a really comfortable position, open your hands as a way of opening yourself up to God and God's invitations during this 
Lenten season. And in this quiet moment, see if you can't begin to hear what you want with God in this season and what God might want with you. The desert waits. The desert waits, ready for those who come, who come obedient to the Spirit's leading, or who are driven because they will not come another way. The desert waits, ready to let us know who we are. It is a place of self-discovery. The desert waits, ready to let us know who you are, God, a place of discovery of who you are, wooing and waiting to be gracious to you. The desert waits. And while we fear, and rightly so, the loneliness and emptiness and harshness, we forget the angels whom we cannot see for our blindness, but who come when God decides that we need their help, when we are ready for what they can give. I want to offer you those words one more time. See if you can't hear God's invitation to you somewhere in these words. The desert waits, ready for those who come, who come obedient to the Spirit's leading, or who are driven because they will not come any other way. The desert waits, ready to let us know who we are, the place of self-discovery. The desert waits, ready to let us know who you are, God, the God who is wooing us and waiting to be gracious to us. The desert waits, and while we fear, and rightly so, the loneliness and emptiness and harshness, we forget the angels whom we cannot see for our blindness, but who come when God decides that we need their help, when we are ready for what they can give us. Go with God into this season, this precious season of Lent. <laughs>